this is a bonus episode of The Upside. And if you are an advisory horde member, you're hearing a commercial free version of this. If you're not an advisory horde member and you would like to join, text the word horde, H-O-R-D-E to 800-434-5454. Today's topic, your questions for us and our answers. The Upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Our first question is, how do we choose ad partners for the show? Um, Which we're going to answer in a second. But first, we need to tell you about our ad partners from the show. (laughs) When it comes to building a better mattress, Brooklyn Bedding literally owns it. Every sleep solution is American-made in their very own state-of-the-art factory in Phoenix, Arizona, where they custom-craft a mattress just for you. Two brothers, John and Rob Merwin, started 25 years ago as master craftsmen, learning everything there is to know about building a quality mattress. Now, we've been sleeping on the Elite Spartan by Brooklyn Bedding, featuring individually encased coils of proprietary comfort foams with a smart fabric cover. What makes the Spartan so advanced? Well, it absorbs your body heat. It transforms it into far infrared rays of energy, and they get emitted back to you for a far more restorative sleep. The Spartan also has Titan Cool, which responds to individual body temperatures to give you the perfect sleep environment. What I know is that it is so soft and so comfortable, I'm sleeping like a baby. If you want that experience, if you want the best sleep ever at factory direct prices, go to brooklynbedding.com. Mattresses start at just $499, and you'll save 25% off every order with the promo code UPSIDE25. That's brooklynbedding.com, promo code UPSIDE25, American-owned, American-made, and they own the sleep solution because they own the factory. One problem I've noticed with flats when I wear them is that after a while, they start to look super worn down. They kind of start to smell and they just get really gross, right? Rothy's not so much because they're machine washable, which I love. And I have washed mine over and over and over again. And they look like a brand new pair of shoes. No wear and tear here. When you do wash them, I just want to say, do not put heat on them. You want to machine wash them on delicate in cold water and then let them air dry. And you specify that. And if you don't love your Rothy's, when you get them, they have a great return policy. So you can return them. No questions asked if you feel like they're not for you. But honestly, I think you are going to absolutely love them. Go to rothys.com slash upside to get your new favorite flats. Again, that is rothys.com slash upside. Skillshare knows that your new year's resolutions might include branching out on your own, starting a small business, doing something uh, with a hobby that you want to make into a living. Well, they have ways to help you with that. They have classes on logo and brand design. There's one of them I'm looking at right now. It's called designing brand symbols, the principles and process of making logos that last 46 minutes long, and it's yours absolutely free. All you've got to do is go to Skillshare.com slash upside, Skillshare.com slash upside, and enjoy two months free of their premium membership. Question number one on this bonus episode of The Upside, we're going to answer 10 questions uh, here. Question number one, how do you select the ad partners for your show? 
So we have an amazing company that um, sells our ads and Jeff met them at a podcast convention, just loved the energy of the guy that that owns the company, thought he was super upsidey and we dove headfirst in with them. They'll send an email to Jeff and say, hey, is this a company that you guys are interested in working with? And um, we'll do our research on the company and then answer back with a yes or a definitely not. And if it's yes, then they go back to whoever was asking, say, here's a show that's interested. And then they either pick us or they pick somebody else that they want to work with. It was really important for us that the ad partners be things that we actually would use because what's different about commercials on podcasts than on the radio is that all of these are are done by us. Like it's our words and our voices mm-hmm. saying these are our things. And in radio, they say, oh, we'll be right back out of these commercials. And then there's eight minutes of commercials and they're other people's voices. And they're like, you know, car dealers or whoever, whatever, yeah. you know, and they're just other people talking. If we're going to be telling you about a company for, for every day for a week's worth of shows, we want to make sure it's somebody that we would actually spend use. our money with. Yeah. yeah. If we wouldn't spend our money on their product or their service, we would never ask you to do that. And, you know, we turn down probably what, at least 60% of the offers More that we than get. That. We, I would say for every advertiser that we welcome into the family, into the show, we turn down four others. Yeah. It's, um, we have a really great team and we're really grateful to be getting those, but we also, our trust with you is most important. So we're not going to tell you that we like a company that we think is dumb. Question number two, was Callie a serial monogamist? Do you want to answer this? Well, how would I know? I only knew you with me and I think you were pretty monogamy with me. Monogamy. Um, well, you said, oh, I can't answer this. Well, it was, I was making a joke because I was going to say that you were until you got married. Nah, no, you're not. That doesn't even make sense. Um, yeah, because now you're not monogamous. Yeah. I've always been a serial monogamist. Um, I, not a funny joke. No, it wasn't very funny. Um, just being honest. Love you though. Uh, yeah, I have always kind of been a serial monogamist. I've always had boyfriends. Um, now I don't feel like I have to be in a relationship to feel complete, but I would prefer being in long-term relationships over casually dating. So you never really dated around like you, um, when I met you, I was dating around, but like, were you going out with one dude on a Thursday for drinks and then another, somebody else for Friday for dinner and then Saturday, lunch with another guy? No. Yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't see you doing that. Nope. Not me. Question three. Will Jeff's dad move to Atlanta now? Uh, I'm going to say that if I was to invite him to Atlanta, I would also, I would have to invite the entirety of his street. Yeah. Like the whole street would have to move probably onto our street and then we'd have to start like a commune probably. (laughs) We'd have to, if, if we won the lottery, and won the Powerball, I would just build a replica of my dad's street and move everybody down here and nobody would have to work and they could just hang out together without snow. But they, um, you know, he's been there for, he's been in that house since 1960, I think he said. Yeah. And he knows his neighbors. He has his own sense of community. And I think, um, you know, if he, we were kind of 
listen, the door is always open. If he ever wants to move here, no questions asked. He can live with us. He can move to Atlanta. Well, you know, whatever. I don't think that he wants that. Um, but the door is always open. And I think we were kind of seeing how he was doing after Donna died and he's doing really great. Like he has awesome neighbors. He's not alone. He's getting out of the house and he's doing really well. So I think the assumption is when one spouse dies that the other person automatically wants to move or will move where it's the gonna, children are. It's going to be lonely. Yeah, but uh, he might be lonelier here because he's got such a great network up there of people that he loves and he has family up there too. And he's rolling into the casino now a couple times a week and it's been pretty good to him. So yeah, if, at this if, point he's winning enough money where he's not going to move here. There's not a casino here. If I ever was going to ask him to move to the casino or move to Atlanta, I would, two things would have to happen. One, it would have to be at the end of a really terrible winter. Mm-hmm. And two, it would have to be after a few visits to the casino where he lost big. Yeah. And that hasn't happened. Neither of those things are happening. Uh, question for each of you to please answer. What are your favorite dishes that you cook for each other? Hmm. I love when Jeff makes steak and Jeff makes the world's best mashed potatoes with the exception of last Thanksgiving. Yeah. I may, I changed the potato. I used like the yellow ones. Yellow potatoes, not, not Yukon gold, not good for mashed potatoes, but he makes an amazing mashed potatoes. He makes such good steak. And that's like my favorite thing that he cooks. Do you know what I'm going to answer for you? Sloppy Joe's. Nope. What? Uh, for you, I'm going to answer the, uh, brownies that you never make, but you make for other people. Oh, I don't make us brownies very often. Jeff loves them. Um, because I don't like them in our house because I have no self-control. But you can make them and then we can have them and then you put them in a bag and you take them to work and you put them in the break room at work and then you're the hero of everybody at HLN. So like everyone wins? Yes. <laughs> Except for the people who get to the break room three minutes after you put the brownies down because that's how quickly they'll be eaten. Yeah, probably. Don't you have a break room at work? Perfect. Make me brownies and take them there. <laughs> Uh, question five, what's life like with Callie going to bed so early and Jeff not having to set an alarm clock? It's so weird. Is it's, it weird for you? It, I think we have a great routine down. We have a great routine down, but it's so, there are nights that it's like nine o'clock. The show's edited and posted and ready to launch the next day. And my email's under control. And I just kind of sit here and look around and I'm like, what do people do? <laughs> like what's on TV now? I go to bed between six and six 30. So by nine o'clock, Jeff has been flying solo for three hours, but you've, you go out with friends, you have, you know, go have a beer it's, with a friend, go you, to dinner. Like you hang with Paul. The weirder question is what's it like for me after 25 years to not have to get up at 4am? Like there have been nights that Callie goes to bed and, and for whatever reason, I haven't had dinner yet. Like maybe she ate really early or we, whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to go down the street and sit at a bar, get a couple wings and have a beer. And then while I'm down there, a friend will walk in. Do you know the last time that I was at a bar and a friend walks in? Because usually when I was getting up so early, if I would go to a, a, a bar or go out and get chicken wings, it was like 3 p.m. Nobody was walking in then. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I've got a friend. And then we sit and we have a beer together with a friend. I will say now that the roles are reversed, um, I think that Jeff, thankfully, is it's very hard to understand what getting up in the middle of the night for work is like unless you've done the shift. And Jeff said that to me years ago. <laughs> she, but said, you, she said shift with an F. 
Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but the other word applies. Sorry, shift. The other shift. word. The other word applies. Um. So unless you've done it, you really don't understand what it's like. And I think a lot of people that I work with have spouses that don't get it. Like they think they get it, but then they're like, no, one more episode or whatever. Jeff is really super understanding and great at motivating me. And I would say almost hard on me to go to bed early because he knows what it's like. And it's really nice to have um, the roles reversed when he knows what I've gone through so he can force me to get I only ride you about going to bed on time, if you've noticed, Mondays and Tuesdays. Right. Because I know what happens if if you get screwed up early in the week. Right. Then your whole week is off. Yeah. So on Mondays and Tuesdays, I'm like, like it's 6 p.m. I'm like, start getting ready for bed. Get up. Get up. And and we'll usually watch TV. And if it's like an SVU after dinner, if it's an SVU, you know how right at the beginning is when they find the body behind the dumpster or whatever. I'm like, just don't, like, don't, don't go there. Turn it off. Turn <laughs> it off. And I make her turn it off. Because once you see where the body is and what happened, then yes. you got to know the whole story. When was the last time that either one of you were not upsidey to a stranger? I, mm-hmm. mine was yesterday. Oh, what'd you do? For some reason, it bugs me when you're in a coffee shop, like where people are working and somebody talks on the phone and here's why I, I, it bugs me, although, and I know it shouldn't because if, if the person was there in real life, you would be like, you're, they're allowed to have convert, like people having right. conversations don't bother me, mm-hmm. but talking on the phone and I get it. Like, I understand that you might need to make that phone call, but you don't want to leave your laptop and your, right. you know, food or whatever it is sitting on a table and step outside. Right. That's how stuff gets stolen. And I kind of glared at a woman because she was on the phone. And I, in my opinion, it was too long. And I kind of gave her a look. Mine was. And I also gave a look to the woman at dinner the other night. Remember, you commented after we left. She was so mean to her daughter or granddaughter, whoever it was. Oh, yeah. I gave her a look because she was scraping and scraping and scraping her <laughs> spoon. And like, I was like, honey, the soup is gone. Stop. And she was like, like mouth sounds bother some people. Me. You With ten- the scraping. Jeff hates scraping. Uh. Um, For me, I didn't realize that I was short with someone yesterday, but Jeff thought I was to an upside listener. And I feel really bad about it now. But when I wrote it, I wasn't mad. But Jeff was like, hey, I read your email. It was a little short. And I was like, oh. And so I totally didn't mean to, but. I re- I reread it. I was wrong. Oh, you were? Yeah, I don't think you were short. Okay, so there's another one, I'm sure. Um, But you can take that one if you want. No. Callie is an angel of positivity. I am not an angel of positivity. I'm just trying to think about one like that really counts. Like I want a nasty one about myself, not just like a kind of rude. Um, I think I was really short at work, like at work with someone yesterday and they caught me in an off time and needed something from me. And I'm like, yeah, what do you need? And you're just nasty. Just not, I wouldn't say nasty, but definitely like, okay, hurry. What do you need? What do you want? And it was not my best self. Here's the thing also that I want to interject. Like, being upsidey doesn't mean not upsidey ever. Like you can be not upsidey. It happens. Everyone does it. It's just like, oh, recognize it. I don't want to be like that all the time and then move on. 
I am looking right now at a basket full of books, books that I have purchased with the best of intentions to read, but haven't been able to. And a lot of these are nonfiction books that deal with leadership or mindfulness or creativity or harnessing creativity, things that I really, really want to learn about and use to better myself. I just don't have the time. That's why I'm pumped that we are now partnering with a company called Blinkist. Blinkist is super unique. They take nonfiction books, condense them down to 15 minute summaries and deliver that to you either in an audible form or a written form so you can read it or listen to it. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer for Upsiders. Go to Blinkist.com slash Upside. You get seven days for free. And if you subscribe, you get 25% off your subscription. Blinkist, it's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Upside, a seven-day free trial, and you'll save 25% off when you subscribe at Blinkist.com slash Upside. I am really excited to welcome Warby Parker to our list of advertisers. I have been a customer of theirs, a paying customer of theirs for years, and I am so glad that they were on board. Here's what I love about them. They sell boutique quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. Glasses start at $95, and I'm not saying $95 and then you got to pay a whole much more for to get your prescription in the glasses. No, they start at $95. Here's the other cool thing that I love. You can do at-home try-ons. So you're going to go on their website. You're going to fill out a survey, like take a little quiz about yourself. They will send you five pair of glasses in the mail so you can try them on at home. You can live in them. And you know, I have to test out everything. I was a little bit of a skeptic. Okay, really? How well could they know what they're sending me? So I went into the store after they sent me my at-home try-on pairs. I didn't even wind up getting one from the store. They nailed every single pair they sent me. Head to warbyparker.com slash upside to take the quiz and order your free home try-on. And if you're someone that wears contacts, know that they now have a contact service as well. It's called Scout by Warby Parker. You can get six days worth of contacts for $5 and then receive $5 off your next Warby Parker order. Learn more at warbyparker.com slash upside. Uh, question number seven, when you have kids, do you have a preference of boys or girls? Answer for yourself and for each other. I'll go first. I am scared of girls because <laughs> when I see little like toddler age girls and they're either in costume or they're like dressed up, I want to just give them my wallet. I want to take them to Target. Let's buy everything. <laughs> we'll, we'll go to the, you know, whatever the hot toy of the moment is. We'll go to that aisle and you can have it all like other people's kids daughters melt my heart. So I'm afraid of the financial repercussions of us having daughters. And if I'm answering for you, I think you probably want girls more than boys just because you know what to do with them. I feel like I know better. I mean, I, I you know, I would be grateful for either to be totally honest. And I hate when people say that, but it's true. Uh, my mom has saved a ton of my clothes and my sister's like baby, not baby clothes, but like toddler girl, little dresses and stuff like that, that were her favorite outfits when I was younger. And it would seriously just melt my heart if we had a daughter and we could, could use all of those things that my mom has had since 1986. Um, but we would be grateful for either. I just am less familiar with boys because I had a sister and I just, I'm a 
girl. So I don't know, um, which is really funny because a lot of my friends, people can say that they truly don't have any preference and, and some people don't. Um, I have girlfriends that one of my girlfriends was convinced that she was meant to be a boy mom, had a boy. And she found out recently that she's pregnant with a girl. And she was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Okay. And she's, you know, grateful to be pregnant, but she's like, this is not what I've been mentally preparing This is not what I totally thought in my head. And I think that's okay. I also think I had someone say to me, which I think is, you know, really brave and totally fine to say, I wanted to find out my baby's gender because I really wanted a certain gender and I wanted to give myself time to be excited about having not what I kind of thought in my head was going to happen. And she was like, I'm so glad that I found out the gender because I was so excited when the baby was born, but I just needed a second. And I think that is totally acceptable. Years ago, somebody borrowed um, a camera that I had that recorded video really well, like this before you know, iPhone. I mean, this is like 20 years was ago. Was it a flip camera? Remember this? Yeah. It was, it was something, I had a flip. it was something along that line, those lines. And he said, Hey, we're going to go find out the gender of our baby. And I want to film my wife and I finding out, like, mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And she was so disappointed with what they said that he gave it back to me and said, can you erase it? And so of course I had to go, <laughs> oh my I had to go watch it, but it, she was so convinced that she was going to have a boy and they said, you're having a girl. And she was so upset by that, that he's like, that can never see the light of day because if my son sees it, I can see people be, being be super judgy about that. And as someone who is struggling to get pregnant right now, I get why there would be a thought of like, Oh, that's so annoying. Someone, you know what I mean? They should be glad they're pregnant, but human emotions are complicated. And sometimes if that's just the triggered emotion, like you have a lot of hormones, you have a lot going on. Like it's okay. It's okay. I wasn't, I was scared to death and crying when we found out we were pregnant the first time. I don't think that makes me a want, um, a baby any less or any more ungrateful. It's just a scary, crazy time. How much preparation goes into setting up your show each day? That's probably more a question for you because you do most of it. We have a really good routine. I have a really good routine now um, where when I get up in the morning, Callie's already left for work. I get up and the first thing that I do is I get the show ready for us to record later that day um, so we can kind of record it on Callie's schedule. So what does that mean? Like when you're putting together a show, so usually we have between six to eight topics, right? Yeah. So what I'll do is... um, I will, the first thing I do is I listen to all the voicemails that have come in in the past 24 hours Mm -hmm. to see if there's any topics that can come from there. Mm -hmm. And then I, while I'm doing that, I put together the montage of voicemails that run at the end of every regular episode, Mm -hmm. which is usually about 10 voicemails in there. So I put those together and then I go into the email where you and I send each other ideas and I look at anything that's come in over the past day or two. Mm-hmm. And by that time, I kind of have a lit. And then there's just other stuff. So like looking at episode 188, like it was, you know, Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. Like, are, right. we, are we giving up anything for Lent? Um, and you had just gotten the email about, do you have imposter syndrome like the day before? So those things are kind of day specific. So I plug those things in and then stick in the stuff that we always do. Like we always try to promote something mm-hmm. like either a Facebook group or the pick me up or, the, or whatever, plug that stuff all in. It takes maybe 90 minutes 
at yeah. the at the most to do all of that, load all any audio that we're doing. It's oddly similar to putting together a radio show. And then we have, so Jeff has a lot of experience doing that. By the way, I'm, it, it sounds, um, like not as big of a deal to Jeff. Cause he used to put together four hours worth of original content, but I'm looking at our whiteboard from today's show. And it's really the fact that we come up with six to eight unique things to talk about every single day. It's kind of impressive. And it's it, it, like, it, I'm kind of proud of us right now. Oh, cool. And I'm going to own that. Good. You know, Imposter um, syndrome. <laughs> and we should take a picture. We could take a picture of it and, and yeah, I'll put share it on my Instagram. Because it's this isn't a good one because there's no audio in the show, but everything's color coded. So the topics are black. Who's gonna bring them up is in red, kind of like who does it. Then um notes on the topic are in blue, and then any audio that we have is in green. And, and then right before we start the show, um, we do like a rundown of the show because sometimes there are topics that Jeff quickly writes down, but he writes them down with intending to go down a certain road. And if I don't know that ahead of time, I go down a completely different road. So it kind of like we go over everything to just kind of, you know, so I know what Jeff's trying to accomplish with the topic. And then sometimes we'll go off topic and it's great, but you know, sometimes we'll, I can't even think of an example about how I would go one way and you're like, yeah, that's totally not what I'm getting at. Or, or sometimes you'll send a topic in and I'll assume that I know what it is like Callie and next door. Like I didn't know, like you just wrote Callie and next door. Yeah. So until we put it on the rundown and you said, well, I'm, I am going to try to get off next door because people are salty. Yeah. That just, yeah. So, and then, uh, and then afterwards the editing, I think this is a testament to us has two things. One, the show we're able just to flow more easily than we were in the beginning. And we don't have to like redo transitions and stuff to make it just sound casual and conversational. Right. And Callie has gotten really good, really, really good at they're called pickups. So I don't even know what that is. For example, <laughs> in episode 188, one of my random things that had to deal with the coronavirus was tied into something controversial that I didn't know. Yeah. So Callie says, Hey, you probably want to read more about that before you talk about it because there's some shadiness or stuff in there. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll no worries. And, uh, and then I'll say, all right, let's do it again. And then Callie just says the last sentence of whatever she said before. And then I just go to the next topic. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're really, really good at making that seamless. Oh, good. That was a bad example because that was actually me redoing something. But let's say the situation was reversed and you were, you brought something, oops, my mic fell. And you brought something up like coronavirus that had been disproven since the last time you read it. You have gotten really good at going, oh, okay. And then just doing it differently. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, so it takes us, you know, that's kind of the process for how we set up the shows. And then we record, um, sometimes we get super off track and then the schedule is not at all what we thought it was going to be. And we but, save some of the content for the next day. But those are some of, those are some of the best shows. I think so too. All right. Two totally. more questions. Uh, I'm getting married in two months. And one time you both shared wedding day advice, but I wasn't even engaged then. So I didn't pay attention or maybe even, <laughs> or maybe even fast forward it. Do you remember what you said? I know what mine was. We have the same one. 
stay side by side? Yes. Yeah. Um, we held hands the entire night. I can't remember who gave us that advice, but it was the best advice that we got. Um, and here's the reason why your wedding is, whether you want it to be a party or whatever you want it to be is fine, but you're essentially entertaining however many people that you're inviting. So people will try to pull you away. Oh, come say, Hey, to so-and-so, Oh, Hey, this, Hey, that. And if you don't hold hands, you will realize you haven't seen your husband all night long. And it's, and it's unintentional because what would happen is somebody would say, Hey, Jeff, I want to get a picture with you and your parents. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And then I would just walk over there. And then while I'm there, like maybe one of Callie's coworkers who I haven't seen in a year is like, oh my gosh, what a great wedding. And then I'm talking to them and then something else happens and something else happens, something else happens. And all of a sudden 45 minutes has gone, gone by. I almost think the smartest thing ever is to do a receiving line at the wedding. So you can literally say hi to everyone, then party. So like everyone's taken care of and then you can go anyways, Jeff, even we held hands all night. Jeff even walked me to the bathroom, stood outside the bathroom door while I was in there waited for me. Cause that's how seriously we took it. And we saw each other the whole time and we're actually able to spend our wedding together, which again, sounds silly. Trust us on it. That's a thing. Um, the second thing I would say is at some point you have to realize what the wedding is about and it's not about the stuff. It's about open bar. <laughs> it's about gifts to some people. It is. Um, but you have to let go of control and just say, you know what, if our cake falls down, we'll take the best photo ever and we'll go viral for our photo. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Like the building catches on fire, somebody grow, go grab marshmallows. Like it's going to, you can't control everything. Trying to control everything will drive you nuts. And you also have to set boundaries with everyone in your wedding party, including your parents. My mom called me about somebody sitting next to somebody and we were like two months out from the wedding, AKA the point where you are over it. And I was like, mom, I love you. Figure it out. I don't care. And I told the, my wedding planner the same thing. I'm like, stop asking me questions. Just you do what you think I would like. And that's great. The seating arrangements were so funny to me because I never really thought about them, but I know exactly what you're talking about with, with your mom, because it was a political difference. And wasn't it, we got married a month before the election, right? Uh, yeah. And your mom was realizing that somebody at the table was going to vote for Trump and somebody at the table was going to vote for Hillary and with alcohol involved, that might not be good. And you were just like, mom, move them. I don't care. I, don't I care. literally was like, mom, you got to handle it. I don't Leave care. Out of it. I don't care where anybody sits. I don't care. Just set it up so that nobody pours a drink on somebody else. Like put people here, there and everything. Yeah. That would be my piece of advice too. If you have diverse friends, right. With different political beliefs, don't get married before, uh, one month before election day. Well, that's bad advice. Cause if her wedding is soon and she, you already said the date, oh, like, crap, this is an election year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Just invite all Republicans. Forget Jeff said that just invite one political. Yeah, yeah. You, they've already sent the invitations out, Jeff. Just don't just do speed. Do two weddings, do a Republican and a Democrat wedding and just do them and walk back and forth between the two and everything will be fine. Uh, question number 10, last one. Callie, does it ever bother you that Jeff was married once before? No, I actually, it's one of my favorite things about him. And, um, wait, my girlfriend. If you, if you, if you heard, um, our most recent regular episode, uh, Callie actually says that she wants to divorce me and then get remarried. No, um, 
I am really grateful for that relationship. I don't think that Jeff and I, um, I don't think Jeff would be who he is without having experienced every single day of that relationship. And I'm really grateful for that. He, you know, when you go through a divorce and Jeff can speak to this, you learn a lot. And the things that Jeff has learned has not only made him the person that I love, but it's also given me a great insight into marriage as someone that's never been married before. And we, um, make a lot of not decisions in our relationship, but a lot of lessons that Jeff learned from his first marriage, we have taken into our marriage. I am more um, intentional of, of every relationship that I had since I got divorced. I was what do mo- you mean? more intentional about the decisions that I made and the way that I behaved. And I continue that. Like, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, I just don't like if something bothers me, I speak up about it now, mm-hmm. not in a disrespectful way or whatever, but I'm like, Hey, can we handle this? And it, my communication skills are so much better. I know myself so much more. I know what I need from other people mm-hmm. so I can ask for it. So if I'm assuming whoever asked that is in a situation, maybe she's in a relationship with a guy who's been divorced or vice versa. Well, and I think our it's situation, not, it's not a bad thing. I don't, I think it's a fantastic thing. I think the growth and the maturity that comes from going after going through a divorce is just amazing. And I often tell my friends that are thirties plus go for a divorce guy. Like, you know, I think you have a lot to offer someone when you've been on the other side of something and experienced it. And if you've learned the lessons, um, and you're taking it into your next relationship, it makes it great. Now I will say, um, Jeff doesn't have a relationship with his ex-wife. So our, um, marriage might not be the same as everyone else's. They don't, they didn't have kids. So we don't have a relationship where we have a relationship, but also he's maintaining a relationship with his ex. So I think that's different too. Cause it's different. Yeah. If you guys were in communication, I might feel differently yeah. about that, but, um, you know, she's, she's not a part of our life and, and things are really good. So there you go. Uh, Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of The Upside. And please spread the word. Tell your friends. And if you have any questions for us, send them along. And we might use them in a future bonus episode. The next bonus, by the way, that's coming out is a really interesting conversation with Laura Lee. Yeah. And I want to hear, this was an interview that I was like, oh my gosh, we have to interview Laura Lee. And I know a ton of my Instagram friends, uh, love her and follow her too. Jeff, what did you think? Not knowing what to expect out of that interview. What did you think? I thought it was a great conversation. Um, we talked very, she's, she's a chef and she has her second cookbook coming out. We talked very little about food and we talked a lot about growing into your calling because she was actually on track to be a lawyer Mm -hmm. and suddenly decided that she wanted to be creative with food instead and signed up like for a class or something. And Jeff and I have a really, um, I don't know. We, here's the thing. I don't typically love interviews and I don't like, Hey, so how'd you get to where you are? And you know, I I don't know. And to be honest, I don't know if Jeff is much uh, interested in that either. So we talked about interviews and how we want to conduct them on the show for some of these bonus episodes. And we really want to create value with the common human experience, but also really diving headfirst into hard questions and talking about hard topics and things that everyone 
everyone goes through. And actually Jeff had that idea and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. And tie it all back into our mission of the upside, which is where his gratitude and seeking the upside been of benefit to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we went. So it's not, there, there's a couple dramatic recipe readings in there. Um, Cause but, it's Laura Lee's favorite thing about our show, I think. And there is um, very little about cooking in there, even though we have her on cause she has a cookbook coming out. Um, but I think you'll enjoy it and it'll be the next bonus it. episode. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Please make sure you've subscribed so you never miss an episode of The Upside. I am probably just like you in that I have a drawer filled with socks. And if you're not looking to match your socks with your outfit, if you're just looking for a pair of socks to put on, you blindly reach in there, grab a pair and put them on. Well, the other morning I did that and noticed immediately that my foot felt like it was being hugged. Not in a creepy, weird, your aunt that holds on to you too long hug, but a real nice, gentle, perfect hug. And I realize that I'm wearing Bomba's socks. They are so comfortable and they have so many little details that you don't even notice, but make them the most comfortable socks you'll ever wear. Like that annoying toe seam that most socks have, Bomba's got rid of it. Gone. Done so. Smooth sailing the whole way with Bomba's socks. Don't take my word for it. Try a pair of these super comfortable socks yourselves. Go to bombas.com slash upside today. You'll get 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash upside for 20% off.